0: (laughs) Oh Well, here we go again Uh, We've already had a spirited five-minute part of the Saints radio Uh, Same thing happened last week and it was my fault I just get so exuberant We were talking about the weather and Monica told uh, an inspiring tale about a weather forecaster here in Dallas And we were going down the trail See, you missed that but we're very sorry I apologize about that I just um, wasn't paying attention all the programs up here are preset and this one is preset and the audio isn't preset to come on so I always have to remember in fact I told you okay if you do this broadcast I'm not here you got to hit this button Uh, but as much as I know that's true I didn't do it you were gonna say something
1: no we're on we're on
0: we're
1: on stereo sound yeah i'm sorry you missed that first five minutes it was, it was yeah, really yeah. stimulating <laughs> yeah was and it, it had nothing to do with the weather
0: spiritually invigorating <laughs> 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 well but we, uh, what i what what launched us into that was that it's cooler here today and has been for the past couple of weeks and oh past couple of days and rain today which is my kind of weather In fact, it was so cold on Sunday. Zach was here visiting with us, and uh, he had his wedding shoes packed. So he was, you know, I was concerned when he comes and it's cold because he needs to put on a couple pairs of flip-flops. It's so cold here. But um, anyway, he could have used some flip-flops on uh, Friday night (laughs) at the wedding. It was hot. Oh, my gosh, I felt so badly for you because we asked for the cold weather to come, and it did come later, a few hours, several hours later.
1: Actually, it was more like a day or so.
0: Well, Saturday night it started getting cooler.
1: Yeah. It was okay. I mean, there was such a nice breeze, and every time the breeze would hit, I just thanked the Lord. And I, I was talking to Amber she 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 was just like glowing, she was so radiant and just she was so happy and when when the the Jen when the guy that was doing the, the actual ceremony was preaching, which he did, she was like looking around at all the people with just this beautiful smile on her face and I thought, oh she's just taking it all in and that's just who she is. she's very compassionate and very caring about other people and and just wanting to take, you know, just take it all in. And so afterwards I was talking to her and I said, what were you thinking you know, during that moment? Because you were just surveying the crowd with this beautiful smile on your face. And she said, I thought I was gonna pass out. And I was worried about everybody. I was thankful you all were sitting down. But of course, I mean, in the moment, I'm sure that she was probably much warmer than the rest of us. But uh, yeah, it could have been so much worse. There could have been no breeze. So at least the Lord brought the wind. So I've, I've talked to him a lot about it because I did. I mean, I, I had conversation. I asked you to pray. I asked my whole family to pray. I begged. I deliberated. I negotiated. (laughs) I pursued I prophesied, but it was what it was
0: well it was lovely and we, we I'm saying this on your behalf thank you all of you for praying uh, for them and um, uh, I think my my great delight was being able to spend a lot of time with your parents and and uh, bless his mom your brother who I'd never I'd never really spent any time with Matt before I'm not saying we really spent much time. Uh, at the wedding, because once Louie, my very dear friend, got going, it, it was just a non-stop chat fest. But, um, anyway, uh, it was lovely. And you survived.
1: I did. I did. I, You know, the whole preparation of it was rather consuming. But at the same time, I just kept... I I don't know, I I would come before the Lord and and try to process what was happening emotionally and spiritually. And you know, you can't force those things, you can't. And so I would just lay before the Lord and, okay, Lord, I'm ready to process and, but what I just kept sensing in my spirit was for my spirit to override my emotions. Because it was very much a spiritual evening. I mean, the whole thing was was really centered around the Lord and the Spirit, and I'm so thankful for that. And even in the aftermath of it, which that's the one thing I was not prepared for, was the aftermath and that we would still have 18 to 25 people here that I, because no one, Amber had to leave the next day, that I ended up feeling responsible for. So for the next for Saturday and Sunday, um, I my house was full. Like the very next day, we had 18 people for dinner. Thank goodness we had leftover barbecue. Um, but the beauty of it all was that there was so much cross pollination, if you will, between all these young people who have. I have cultivated this community where Noah is who are like my children. I mean, they're like, they call me their mama, their spiritual mama. And so having all of them in the house, just feasting and celebrating, and then having um, some fellow pastors from San Clemente who I've associated with in a prophetic ministry, having them with us, having my sister and Phil who are elders in another church here locally, um, having Kevin and Bethany, who she did the flowers, and he's this um, campus pastor at another church here um, locally. But to have us all together, with you know, at the table of the Lord, and to be able to share, I got to share about the saints. I got to share about intercession. Um, we prayed for one another, and really just encouraged. And it was like a cross pollination kind of thing. And you know, the beauty of that to me is that for the longest time I feel like I I did, I lived in this bubble, which I love. I mean, I remember I used to say to the Lord, you can just keep me on my face under the pew for the rest of my life and I'll be happy. But to know that he's using us to speak into these different points of ministry, to encourage, and, 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 and I noticed that the way that, in, in any way that they, that I feel the demand to pour into them, just through their, their questions and their spirit is in the way of intercession. And, and that, I mean, that applies to what's happening in California. That applies to what's happening at Upper Room where my sister and, and Kevin and Bethany are. And so for me, that's our love language <laughs> i mean that is that is the the core foundation of our uh, of our identity and to be able to encourage in that and to be able to speak scripturally um, from the way that i've been taught and the way that we've applied it here i it was very fruitful mm-hmm. and so anyway it was it was uh, it was a beautiful time
0: it's wonderful. It's the beginning of uh, not the beginning of breakthrough, but it's a a fruit of the breakthrough that we know God is, is bringing. Um, I I, uh, I I you know been write, we've all been writing this book of remembrance, and I I was thinking about all the different things that I've seen in Noah from the time he was born and lots of different funny things that we shared together and ways that we interacted and uh... I I wrote, texted you some of them and um, this this business of remembering and whatever covenant you entered into with God is a very fascinating thing and um, you know, we ask for you as saints to be doing this as well, and we hope that you you are doing it uh, because it's 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 a it's a remembrance that God remembers. It is a thanks, but it's also remember thanks is the platform that God uses to break us through into the new. Which is why in the New Testament, thanks and grace are synonymous, and um, I I believe that. God has done this unprecedented thing where he gave us this multi-week assignment to position ourselves for uh, a going forward. And um, so just as a reminder here, I don't know what all else we're going to talk about, but that breakthrough is going to take many forms. Even Sunday morning when that older couple came in, 80-plus-year-old couple um I, I really asked the Lord Sunday afternoon, what did that, well, you know, we blessed them. What did that represent in, in our calling? Cause that, I was shocked. I wondered, how did you get in here? You know, how did you get into this service? You know, I think that as the leader, any leader would be thinking those things. And why are you here? And what, what are we supposed to do? And I thought, you know, we've not really folk, we've talked about the Elijahs and the Elijahs, and we've talked about, us as the elijahs and then friday night i spent i don't know well over an hour with people that were all probably in their 80s and so that was that's my weekend and i thought father are you going to open the door for the older ones the the veterans who are alive and remain that are going to come alongside and experience the the I know that would that would bless you, Father. And I'm not saying I'm going on some mission to recruit old people, but that really stuck with me. And you know, I'm, I'll just mention this: um, the, the 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 man came here. They had been married here 50 years ago, and the man was suffering from cancer and he, had, they were praying about where to come to have prayer. And somehow, that man, Sam, found our Saints Network on the web, and he listened to at least one of the sermons. And he said, this is where we need to go to be prayed for. And when they looked up the address, the lady said, Well, that's the old Lakewood Assembly. That's where we were married 50 years ago. But the reason they came was because of this website that we all invested and prayed into existence over the many years. And so here they were and this lady, very sweet lady, she has visions, her parents were Canadian from in the latter rain movement in Canada which set the stage then for what happened in Toronto and here's this lady her father was active in that and I thought lord what in the world does this represent what is this and you know I think we need to be ready for all kinds of breakthrough for all kinds of, you know sometimes God will give us a promise, and we we deduce what that promise means and how it's going to be manifested. And um, and there have been words about reaching into the old wells and reaching into redigging the wells and uh, reaching into the old uh Pentecostal streams. And um, I just thought that was very interesting because this weekend, as you just said, was largely focused on younger people, the Elishas. And, And it was wonderful. But then here comes out of nowhere this octogenarian couple. And I thought, wow. And when we gathered together, and people praying in tongues, I heard them pray in those old-timey tongues, and I thought I have not heard these in decades now. I'm not making fun. We've all heard them, uh, but I thought they need to break through into diversities. And I didn't go there because I thought if I did, we'll be here all day. And they came. They what they came for. If God wanted to give that to them just immediately, fine. But if they come back, we'll have people pray for them for that. Anyway, that was very interesting.
1: Yeah, I love that. They were, they were very bright, vibrant.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And I think it, it really, we've got to realize that ministry is not necessarily from a pulpit. I mean, we, We are the living church and the opportunities that God puts before us to minister his word and to minister prophetically and to minister in prayer is all around us. We just have to seize the moments. And, and, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, I talk about cross-pollination. I think about, there was a woman who came, met her for the first time. I've known her daughter for, for a while now from Sydney, Australia, and she came all the way from Australia to be at this wedding. And she ended up spending um, Saturday and Sunday with us. And she and her husband in Sydney, they are part of a ministry where they train missionaries to go into um, remote areas for missions work. But it's like a 20 year commitment. And so what they do is they, they take these people that feel called into the mission field and they put them through this intense training where they learn the language, they learn the culture, they learn they learn everything that they can about what they're about to embark on. It's a huge commitment for them, and it is like minimum 15 years, because if you make that kind of investment, you're investing, so that is their ministry, and they're coming back in um, at the end of, at the first of July to go to a, some kind of a training thing in Florida, so we're gonna to get to see them again and spend time with them. Then the, the the gentleman that did the ceremony, which is one of Noah's best friends, who he went through seminary with, or part partly with, is full-time ministry with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And then our wedding coordinator, her parents, she's from LA, are full-time ministers with Young Life, like career Young Life leadership, Wow. And and that's the path that she's graduated from Westmont. Um and then of course um our friends from uh San Clemente, Tiffany and Chris Nesbitt, who have a ministry in Costa Rica, leading up, you know, raising up pastors and leaders in Costa Rica and throughout is that Central America? Yeah. Central America.
0: Well it kinda is. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is.
1: And then also this, you know, this prophetic emphasis that they that they are building right now. But um, and I could just go on and on. I mean, it's 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 really remarkable how the Lord is allowing us to sow into these different ministries. And and I said this in the beginning. I mean, I had a long conversation with with Tiffany about intercession, about coming and speaking to her leaders about intercession. You know, and I had to have the conversation. I said, Do they speak in tongues? Do they pray in the Spirit? Mm, yeah, about half of them do. Are you willing for us to go there and to go beyond there and for me to talk to them about diversities of tongues and, and really go there? And she's just like, absolutely, please. Because they just want to go deeper. And, I mean, it, it's kind of like sitting at the table in France where you sit, where you've been invited at, at, at the table of our host and you've got saints... From all over the country even from borderline countries that are sitting at that table only God can do that only God can do that and so we're so thankful really for the opportunities that we have to be able to not only recognize the the appointments that he makes for us but also to jump in and let the Spirit um, minister and the way that he so desperately wants and it needs to happen so
0: that really is phenomenal
1: we'll see
0: that really is phenomenal, Wow Well, you know again, that adds impetus to this platform that the Father has prophetically laid before us, and um, that covenant. That he made with you and with the saints in general, and individually with people who committed themselves to this pathway. You know, one of the things that I was looking at is, and it's kind of difficult to find in the scripture, but people who break covenant. It, it's more, it's more of an innuendo kind of a thing. It's more of a result kind of thing, but. It would be a terrible thing to break covenant with the Lord. you know I, I was uh, I received a text from Brother Burke today, and he he wrote me uh, he copied something that was sent by somebody that posted by somebody that obviously broke covenant. and I, I think that's very clear. And here's what this person says, one of the most telling realities of the state of discipleship in America is that if more americans were professing christians statistically speaking america would be significantly significantly more racist now there's no there's no basis for that there's no st- statistic for that that's just something that is a spew and it's 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 really a bitter a bitter thing but when you when you break or you disengage covenant you're in trouble, but when you embrace the covenant that you've made before the Lord, <coughs> He can springboard you forward in, in new ways. Um, in fact, I, I am, um, I'm gonna be meeting with Luciano's four teachers that are gonna be in, inaugurating the, the progression of teachings that we are providing for them. Which will then become a base for the training in all the churches of Brazil and probably for other places. So I've been grappling back and forth. I've already changed. You, do you realize how much God has given us? I mean, we have been blessed. Our pantry is full. Our pants are full, Luke. Our pantry is full. And so. Part of what I'm preparing for this weekend, I'm going somewhere with this, is something I'm gonna teach on tomorrow in regard to where we are in God as joint heirs with Christ. And I had never seen this before. I think that it is, to me, it's a revelatory thing in regard to our partnership with Christ. What qualifies that in the progression of development? and and it really sets the stage for the things we see ourselves doing with Christ in the time of the end, specifically with Christ in the time of the end. So I'm really thankful for that. I think that it's a gift from the Father. it's it's like an invitation for us, but but that's where we are. and I, I'm always grateful for any fresh understanding. In in the Word, so uh, you know I was I was had had a an interesting and very long exchange with our brother Yawali Garcia on Saturday evening, and um, he was he had presented to me an interview by a woman. Who is a Greek a Greek woman who is a professor in biblical languages in England. She was trained at Oxford, and she was talking about this new book that she had written about the anatomy of God. And so Yawali and I I watched this hour-long thing, and we were peppering back and forth. So I ordered the book and I got it yesterday. And Where I'm going with this is, this woman obviously knows biblical languages. She's as sharp as a tack. And she was talking about different meanings of words in the Old Testament, and it was great. I mean, really revealing. But the problem is, as is so often the case in in a great deal of what we're facing now in, in the world, especially in Christianity is not the research, but the deductions that are made off the research. And we have to trust the spirit of truth to guide us to meanings of things. Because without the guidance of the spirit, you can have all the um, linguistic capacities in the world, but you'll just miss it and you'll probably say something that is not scriptural. And the weird part was that they branched into the New Testament, and she's talking about all these things that are in the New Testament and what the meanings of these words are. And then finally, she says this. The guy asked her, do you believe that there was an actual person named Jesus? And she said, no. She said, I believe that he was a combination of many different things. I think that he was really synonymous with John the Baptist, I think that the telling over the years of this has just created this being named Jesus. And I thought, if that doesn't show me, I bless this woman. I pray that she comes to the light. But without the spirit of truth and without the knowledge of Jesus, all of that information is bizarre. And it's probably damning. You think? Well, yeah.
1: I mean, that. when you said that, that just hit me in the gut.
0: Oh, I was stunned. I mean,
1: I, I can't even. So that denounces everything, the, the whole, I mean, even the prophecies in the Old Testament.
0: Uh, yeah. From the beginning to the yeah. end. I mean,
1: the, he is, he as the Messiah, as the Lord Jesus Christ, is throughout the whole entire Bible. Mm-hmm. How in the world can you deny the person of God? The yeah. manifest person, the incarnation of the Lord. That's right. Yeah. Incarnate, yeah.
0: Oh, it, 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 it stunned me. And I knew going through the interview that she was equating uh, like Ugaritic things, which are helpful, and other uh, accounts from Mesopotamian history, she was equating that with the scripture, and she was basically saying that the, the Old Testament was directly plagiarized from these things, which then opens the door to saying that all of these other demons that were worshipped by the people are actually gods. So again, oh, it's, it's crazy.
1: I, mean, no, no, I, mean, I, I Can you imagine the atmosphere? that she's sitting in while she's producing this stuff mm-hmm. and the demonic that is just swirling around and I, I cannot even imagine
0: yeah and, and see we went through this before with some of the things that are online and it is a it is a demonic doctrine and I would also say that you step into a lot of pro- progressive uh, theologies it stems right out of that and so we have to be we have to know the word and trust the word and be confident enough into the word that even if there's somebody who has 20 degrees behind their name and who has a slick presentation uh, backed by the BBC um producing these really uh compelling videos you you've you've got to you know You've got to absolutely trust the living word and know that word and not be willing to vacillate from that regardless of what anybody else says. And this is the world we're living in. This is this is where we are right now. These influences are not off in a corner somewhere. They are mainstream, high-tech, um, I, I, I'm just stunned by it. So on the one hand, you've got what you were saying, the cross-pollination, which is a great Lila Turhune term. Remember when she came here?
1: Yeah, but I don't remember her saying
0: that. Oh, that was her, she wrote a book called it. Oh my goodness. Yeah, she was the one that I think originated that in Brownsville, cross-pollination. And she even taught on it when she was here. And um, that was a strange time.
1: What's well, interesting, not just to put a bookmark there, is that Chris and Tiffany Nesbitt, who have become my dear friends, they're pastors in San Clemente and throughout South, Southern California. They have a home church that's spreading called New Song, but then they also have this prophetic collective and this ministry in Costa Rica. But they, they were a part of Lyndall Cooley's church for a long time after he left Brownsville Revival and when it started the church and so we had Melissa and Phil were there who Melissa was also very integrally involved in the whole Brownsville experience obviously and uh, the stories that were being told about um, just that experience and how I you know I could say listen the 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 one and only time I went to Brownsville and the first minute they they had an altar call I was hugely pregnant and I got down to that altar as fast as I could and I was standing in front of his piano he was singing his songs and there was all kinds of activity going on and he literally got up from the piano and walked around the piano came down the steps and came down stood right in front of me and laid hands on my belly and prayed over Noah and of course Chris said oh that's how, that you know, that's why he turned out the way he did as a worshiper but I mean it's the influence of of those that 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 god brought into his life but um anyway that's that's
0: that's that's very interesting
1: how our paths cross in different ways we just don't we don't realize it at the time
0: well you know again if there if there was one thing you know we've spent we've spent the last three years fighting against progressive lies (laughs) and that stuff is very real and it is demonic in intent. That one seminar we spent, I don't know how many sessions talking about the false demonic doctrines that are now basically being taught. Um, Those things are there, but on the other hand, these other opportunities that God is opening up, it's, it's darkness, gross darkness, and light. And we just have to be very careful That we're not persuaded by the doctrines of devils, the angels of light, that will deceive the very elect if we're not careful, and we often said, "How will that be?" I mean, it, it never. I thought, "How would that be?" Or even the 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 five foolish virgins, how would that be? And man, oh man, we see it, and and so.
1: That's not even subtle. I mean, that is... Like, Vicki just texted me, and she said, what about the scriptures that say there's only one way to the Father? Yeah. So is she talking that he's like a shadow of all these other...
0: Well, you, if you if you take out the validity of scripture, then it's easy to say, well, you know, we can't trust that word anyway. She just, I guess, Oxford okay. trained, and obviously from a Greek background it was easy for her to in that polyglot those many languages to make you know it's a good career to be proficient at that and again some of the things she says about the actual etymologies of old testament terms and what they mean is is great but the deductions are horrible and and you know, and, and some people would get that and they'd say, well, how can we dispute what this person is saying? I mean, it's the truth. You're just turning a blind eye. You're not, and I've heard those things said, but it's the deductions that are said. You know, how many times did Jesus speak about the kingdom in the presence of the doctors of the law and the scribes that were serving the Sanhedrin? I mean, those people knew the scripture And, But it didn't make what Jesus was saying wrong.
1: You know, one of the things that I really struggle with, and I think I might have sent you a clip of this. It was one of the Ivy League schools where they had a group of young people that represented the LBGQT, (laughs) you know, the whole sexual... um, Anyway, and, and she was making a speech, and she was basically talking about God being a she, and referencing God, we're gonna worship her, oh. we're, and, it, and it, it, I mean, it was an Ivy League school, it was a formal event, and this was being taught, and I've always struggled with this, and maybe you can help me a little bit, but I know that, that God is our Father. And I know that Jesus was a man and then you know some people equate the Holy Spirit as being more feminine more mm-hmm. you know the comforter the one that nurtures I've always struggled with that I mean I read that book the um, the shack remember the shack that I think ended up becoming a movie it was like the latest rage everybody has to read the shack in the church and the Holy Spirit was a woman And. I just—it's just always been so difficult for me to to process that. I guess because yeah. to me, the Lord has always been of of a masculine nature. Right. And and I did notice that there's a guy that I follow on social media, and I, I found him through I think ordering books for Noah for his seminary classes. So it's coming from more of a, a reformed. Um, doctrine but this guy wrote this book called the masculinity of Jesus and I read some clips of it and I was so interested because I thought yeah I mean in to counter all of the ways that people are causing you know just this whole sexual identity thing I'm sorry Jesus was a man he was fully man (laughs) fully God fully man and I think just bringing that out and making that known through scripture, because it's all scripturally based, that let's look at his masculinity. And and let's, I mean, that is the rock for which we stand. And so, I don't know, I just always struggle with that.
0: Yeah, in fact, you know, like what what we shared a couple seminars ago, that is, that is the springboard that teachers like Richard Rohr and others say justifies the, the homosexual and the, the variant lifestyles, and um, and they embrace that. But here's here's the deal: we've studied about the comforter, and we recognize that the comforter is equated with in the scripture with the Spirit of Truth, and you know, like a passage in the Old Testament, like Noah uh, Abraham. Uh, M- Moses was going to be the nursing father, you know, and he talked about that um i when I hold my grandson or my granddaughters now, I feel that tenderness come out of me and and i I feel like it's it's a nurturing type of thing, and that's the dimension of the Holy spirit um and I know that there are some that battle linguistically. They'll say that here, this is in the feminine, this is in the feminine. But what does feminine mean in this in gender? It means to receive. It means to lead people into a point of reception. As male is more, I don't want to say aggressive, but more direct and more pointed. But you have to, it's like lover and warrior. Does Does the lover with David mean that he was... Uh, you know, doing a, a drag queen routine or being some kind of a, a feminine person, um, and but but see that's just another one of these things where, if we understand the perspective of what it what it means in the scripture, you're right. God is the Father. Jesus is masculine. Um, they're the three in one, but yet um, if we if we splinter that off and then do another splinter off of it and take it away from what it really represents you can make it mean anything and that's that's the main thing that the progressive ideology does it for to allow for the long list of letters that you just spoke about but it's, it's that nurturing. It's that Elohim part of God, you know? Mm-hmm. You, even Yahweh and Elohim, they're not two gods. It's the same God. But Yahweh is directed toward what he has stated, what his plan is. It's the definition of, of the warfare that comes. It's the plan of God. But that Elohim, that heart that draws, that <clears throat> is nurturing and loving and building up, that that is that is not saying that god is anything other than the mighty warrior that he is Mm -hmm. i'm just we're just rambling here but it's what is your objective is your objective this is the old-time preacher who preached topically you know, I could just I could justify with a topical sermon just about anything I wanted to justify. Just plucking scriptures from here and from there. And you stitch together a coat of many colors with those scriptures and you could justify anything. I mean, even in the during the days in the antebellum South, you could yank scriptures, take them out of context, and justify slavery. Is that Christ? No. Is that what the church should be? No. Is that even what the scripture is? No. But, you know, you could start with the Mark of Cain. You could talk about the different birds mating together and how that wouldn't happen. And, you know, I've read some of these sermons. I, Jim, My friend, old friend Jim Carpenter, many years ago, found an old book of sermons from the 1850s, and he gave it to me. Found it at a books, at an estate sale over on Swiss Avenue. And in that book, there are lots of these sermons that were preached by southern preachers. So uh, what I'm saying is if you take things out of context and you tweak different aspects of it, you can make the Scripture, you can make the Scripture communicate anything you want to.
1: That's not the spirit of truth.
0: No, it's not. So going
1: back to what you originally said, we really need the spirit of truth because it comes down to interpretation and how you're
0: interpreting and then communicating yeah you even take what the enemy did in the garden of eden half god said or even what satan tried to do with jesus in the in the wilderness temptation where he's using scripture but he's adding his editorializing and it's like what um um it's like what um, oh what was the name of that D- alan dershowitz dershowitz he was on a lot of the TV. He was a Harvard professor, a Jewish guy. He said, some of these people have stopped, have stopped, um, have stopped reading the music and started composing. And he said, you got to watch when they do that, where they leave the script and they start composing their own melody. And that's what a lot of these, that's what the, the devil does. And that's what any temptation does, any point of justification. But we see that all the way around us. So what you're saying is true. We have to know what the word says. Hide it in our hearts. And it will never pass away. And trust that, no matter what some yahoo says, who is speaking all kinds of terminology, um, their deductions are false very often. And the only way you know that is by knowing through being a student of the Word what you believe and not be so placid that if somebody comes up with another thing that scratches your itch and then you go down that trail, you're lost. It's, it's doctrines of devils time.
1: We definitely need to know what we believe and why we believe it and have scriptural backup for it. And I, we've, we talked, goodness, we had this conversation four or five years ago. I remember you talking about apologetics. I think it was a Sunday night or a Wednesday night in peace chapel, a couple of weeks in a row. And, you know, we've, we've talked about providing, providing answers, providing providing that kind of thing for the saints because I think we need that you know and I wonder what that looks like if we don't do like a broadcast with with where we have 10 different topics that are topics of the hour that are being contested and 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 with each topic we speak about the scriptures that denounce that or clarify and and you did this in some degree at that seminar where we really focused yeah. on that but to have something or even maybe put together a booklet that's an apologetic booklet that says you know basically first of all just foundational why do you believe what you believe as far as who you are is a Christian as a saint etc cetera, etc cetera. but then these major issues that are being brought to the forefront that are so subtle that when you get a conversation with somebody you can back up what you believe. Yeah. And it has to be through the work. Uh-huh. It can't just be your opinion. And I know that I need this. I don't want to be scrambling. I know the spirit of truth is in me and I know that he will call to remembrance the things that I he has taught me. But at the same time, I think it would be a really good resource for us. So
0: well that's one of the reasons we were advocating that everybody have a workable Bible program and know how to use yeah. it on their electronic equipment. Incidentally, I saw that uh, King James with Strong's is on sale right now through Olive Tree for 9.99. But, you know, it's it's like when we first were being changed here and God was Showing us the meanings of certain things in scripture, like proscunea or diversities of tongues or whatever. Remember, I would say that people like, I can name this guy's name and you would know who I'm talking about. He'd be back there flipping through his scripture and they would say, We're not scriptural. And even the former pastor, when we had the big showdown with the uh, denominational people, he got up and said, We were unscriptural. So, on the one hand, We were basing what we were doing on what Jesus did when, remember, the people said he's teaching the same scriptures as the Pharisees do, but he's speaking it with power. He's telling us things that we've not known. And so you've got to be willing to let the spirit of truth guide you into those understandings as God's leading you. But on the other hand, recognize that the enemy has his own version of the spirit of truth maybe you call it the ministry of truth remember that George Orwellian topic from 1984 the the ministry of disinformation that just got shut down but they'll take the same thing and they'll say hey like the enemy does here's what the scripture says you know what it really means well God says this oh but he's only saying that because he wants to keep you from coming into this and so it's it's a twist off, and it's not really it's not really the Prince of the Power of the Air. It's more out of Behemoth. It's more out of um, it's more out of that sunship capacity, where people are processing. Prince of the Power of the Air will just tell lies and try to inflame people. But this other thing is really where the angels of light are getting their doctrines, and that's what we're going toe to toe against. And so I don't know how to de- to develop. Um, you know, we're like we like I said, we are composing um, this ongoing. It's basically a curriculum to be taught in all the churches. Of the saints in Brazil, you're going to be composing a set of these pretty soon, <laughs> um, and and it's just well, uh, we can talk about that later. But in you, well, you'll remind we did talk about this. Uh, but you know, I, I I was debating how do we start this, Father. I, I'm doing the first four weeks or so. How do we start this? And You know, we as saints would think, well, we start with the saints or we start with diversities of tongues. Well, we've taught them this, but God said, you need to start with why Jesus came. You need to start with the spirit being born again. And then you need to start progress then with how to progress from that point to knowing being a son, the father, how to then be a, an heir? What that means, which we're going to be talking about tomorrow, um, and and really lay that foundation. But it's got to start with why Jesus came and how you become born again. The like you said earlier, the only way, and uh, to 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 know the Father but it's it's like on the one hand we're doing these elemental things which are still phenomenal they they're phenomenal, but yet we're pressing into these deeper understandings that the spirit is guiding us into that really occupies this, you feel your your spirit that's been born again reaching out in fifty different ways and The way God does things is just astounding. And even like this Sunday, uh, Sunday morning, we're going to be doing something on Memorial Day weekend. We didn't plan it that way. But to present our our memorial, our covenant, our remembrance before the Lord for what it is that he's called us to do. And then in the weeks to come, we're going to be pressing into the new in, in lots of different ways in prayer pursuits, pressing the envelope of, of uh, hearing from God and interpreting and putting forth questions before the Lord regarding tasks. And I think it's going to be sharpening our prophetic foretelling. Um, and we will be given, we'll keep you posted as to what we're doing and we'll probably be extending opportunities for involvement to the network or or as well to individual churches um it's 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 an interesting time and then you'll be going out at some point to teach this as you just said in california can't read that oh you gotta go well, all right, we are actually, we're supposed to be uh, finishing normally at three minutes from now. Monica's going to have to go for a prior appointment, but because I screwed up on the recording, we've still got about nine minutes to go, so maybe I'll just recap some of what we've said, and we bid you a, a blessed time of obligation and duty that you're entering into here with your folks. Thank you you for being here. Thank you for those powerful words. May God give you rejuvenation and strength after all of the uh, things that you've poured out over this past couple of weeks. Amen? Amen. Have a beautiful day.
1: Have
0: a beautiful day. Well, uh, I'll just tell a grandfather story. Yesterday afternoon, Levi rolled over for the first time. woo What a champ. He rolled over. He was so surprised. His head banged down on the floor, and he looked up real fast. And, uh, he was thinking, how did this happen? It just happened. And so he flipped back over on his back in just uh, as quickly. And then while he was still remembering how to do it, uh, grandma got the phone out and connected on FaceTime with mommy and Levi was was very gracious to flip over again so that his mommy could see that happening. So uh, it it really was a, uh, it was a 180. (laughs) I tell you that boy can lay on his back and he can rotate his body around. He's like a clock. He he moves around and then he he goes about 90 degrees, and then he'll look up at you, and then he fidgets around. And he goes another 90 degrees. He goes uh, he goes clockwise. So he's progressing forward. Uh, he's a he's a funny fellow. But I do I do invite you to make special note of tomorrow, uh, Wednesday Night Live, the teaching, because as I've been preparing for our for our Brazilian brethren, uh, the Lord showed me some wonderful things about the progression of development that he clearly states in the scripture that we should be partnering in. And um, I don't think we've ever... Well, I know... I, I don't know anybody. Maybe somebody else did this. I don't. I don't remember. Forgive me. But I know, I've not really gone into the types of things we're going to be saying tomorrow. And I do believe that it is uh, fresh revelation from the Father. So, um, just in wrapping up, we look forward to that. Please continue before the Lord in your um, in your your book of remembrance, remembering what god has forged you to be as much as you know and what you've committed yourself to as saints and as i've said before i think there are many notable ministries but i think we've been given the best that's just me but i think it's true i know it's true in the scripture i think you do too um i also wanted to Give a shout-out, which I intended to do earlier. You know, in Davos, Switzerland right now, you have that World Economic Forum that's going on. And there are a lot of really behind-closed-doors things that are being decided that will affect the world and probably affect us if Uncle Joe has anything to do with it. And I wanted to thank our sister, Olivia Zafus, who went with a group of intercessors on a long journey um, by train and other ways. And they did activations prior to this heavily guarded meeting that is going on right now in Davos, Switzerland. And so we, we bless Olivia, we're very proud of her. She stood strong on behalf of the message of the saints over these many years. I remember the first time we uh, we met her at meetings that we were having there and um, I I remember those first conversations and it's just a wonderful thing to see the way that the Father has imparted this message that is so dear to all of us and she has embraced it she's continued faithful in prayer but we just send a blessing See, many of you didn't realize you had a Saints Network representation there at the World Economic Forum. Well, you did, and God used her. So we bless Olivia, and we we continue to pray that during the time that this thing is still going on, that somehow the Spirit of God would um, influence it. You see, the enemy's trying to change the times. Daniel warns of that. The enemy is trying to hasten things. That uh, God is not. God will allow at some point some of them. Others He's not going to allow. But the enemy is trying to influence and to wear out the saints and to uh, to restrict what what uh, what God has ordained to do, or to perhaps to hasten the times so that uh, our our appointed time of harvest and planting is curtailed. And that's a very big point of intercessory warfare right now, whether you realize it or not. I don't know what you thought Daniel meant and what Gabriel meant during those very anointed scriptures, but we're seeing it happen right now. And so, uh, and I think, I think the whole, uh, the whole governmental processes that are happening right now out of Washington, that are just so much against what the American people want, and certainly what the church wants, um, and what certainly what God wants. They're trying to hasten things and bring things about. We need to know it before the time. We've no. We, we have to notice them. We have to recognize them. But our battle is in wrestling and intercession. Our battle is standing before the throne of our heavenly father and interceding and calling those things that be not as though they are and calling those things that are trying to be that aren't of god as if they are not that's where our warfare is and that's how we as saints will be battling in the time of the end and so don't ever forget that i know i know we would like to think that our voting will do it and we should be voters I think we would like to believe that our editorializing or our arguing would change things. It's not going to. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. These principalities and powers and wickedness in the high places and rulers of the darkness, that's where we're battling right now. And we've been given weapons that the enemy hates. He wants to convince you not to use those weapons. Or that perhaps your weapons are uh, that God has given, are not efficacious. Don't listen to those lies. Uh, we need to be interceding, and it begins this week by us remembering what God has equipped us and called us to be before Him, and what we've entered into covenant relationship with God to be as saints. That is. The framework, the foundation, upon which what's coming in the kingdom is going to be uh, established. Don't ever forget that. Well, okay. I wanted to give you your hours' worth. You know, I didn't. I didn't want you to pay for something and then. Oh wait, you didn't pay for this. <laughs> you bought a ticket. You're gonna get your entertainment. This was the encore. Uh, thanks so much. We love and appreciate you all and. We speak blessing over you. Thanks for joining with us today. And until um, tomorrow, Wednesday Night Live, God bless you all. Goodbye.